0: Number 34.
1: Yes, I did that. I was going to say, this is a weird deja vu moment.
0: <laughs> it's, it's like Groundhog Day. So this is our second attempt at the same podcast, because the first one, for some reason, wasn't playing nice. Now this seems to look a little better to me, because the last one was very blocky. I'm not too sure what was going on with the first recording. don't though. know, but
1: I would suggest after we get like five minutes in, maybe we pause and, and yeah, check we'll, it.
0: we'll check it out. So... So, let's dive right in. Yeah. Uh, in the yeah. of time. A couple a few
1: news stories. Uh, what the hell were they? Uh, Taika Waititi. Waititi. From, uh, yeah, um, the Flight of the Concords But what we what do, we with do with in the no shadows, shadows has been approached by Marvel to direct Thor Ragnarok, which I fully admit I thought had already been shot or was in the process of being shot. Yeah, I, I'm, I think
0: they're concentrating on Cap Civil War right now. Um... I'm uh, indifferent to this news. I, all I have only experience I have with this guy is what we do in the shadows, and that's mm. a comedy, so I, I don't know what his skill set is beyond that. I don't know what his capabilities of directing a, a major franchise.
1: Which one was he in, in what we do in the shadows?
0: I thought he was like the main narrator vampire.
1: Which was the kind of a feminist yes. Yes.
0: yes. yes. I believe that was him.
1: The Absolutely. one to use the 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 lingo from the Dancing Kid, a poof. Yes. yes. Okay.
0: Hey, I'm just not Billy Elliot. I like Billy
1: Elliot, but just making sure I understood which one. Yes. But true. yeah, I mean, this is a case where Marvel's going after the indie guy instead of the big guy, and, and I can appreciate it because Marvel wants to keep their stamp on everything. Right. And why wouldn't they? This is their franchise. They've got this twenty-plus year plan built. <laughs> Are you looking at him like he's going to pee on my sweatshirt? Hey, hey it's, it's all... Yeah, throw oh, your sweatshirt on the floor at your own risk. Oz wouldn't do that to his uncle. Oh, yes, he would. Yeah, he probably would. But, yeah, I, I, I can appreciate Marvel giving somebody that's still a relative unknown a chance. Well, because they, they can mold him. Right. He will do what they tell him. They, they will, I mean, he's never been given the amount of money to the, work uh, with.
0: Not going to give the uh, Edgar Wright uh, pushback.
1: No, 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 no. Even though we have seen what this is blowing up in the face of studios, I mean, there is a movie that came out during our hiatus that's the Fantastic Four that is clearly an example where you give a guy who hasn't done much a boatload of money to do a film and things can still go off the rails. Now, if you listen to his story, the studio didn't take their hands off of it. But if you also listen to stories come off the set, he wasn't exactly the easiest guy to work with. Right. Yeah, what you got Josh Trank?
0: Josh Trank, yeah. We'll, we'll meet in the middle on that one. I'm, I'm guessing he's a lot of arrogant douche, and the studios wasn't going to let him just run roughshod over their concept. Right. And it's the perfect storm for failure, which is what you got.
1: Right. I don't know. But Marvel, I'm certain, won't allow something like that to happen, well, because as soon not. as they start seeing that somebody's vision isn't theirs, Marvel casts them off. You would hope not. They cut their losses and call it good. Right. Next, next, wow, we are we're from, oh, banging them out. we got off. To, them out. Cabin in the Woods too has been. Uh, Drew Goddard's been approached by the whatever. I don't remember what studio even did Cabin in the Woods. Lionsgate, maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't. Know. But anyway, Drew Goddard has been approached to do Cabin in the Woods too. that one of those big blips. Oh, well. That could have been um, when I went Cabin in the Woods. That was yeah, it. that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're dealing with technical difficulties. And by now, our
1: our fan, yes, Paul. Paul. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> I said, <laughs> "Fuck these guys." This is why I went back to New Hampshire. Yes,
0: Drew Goddard in charge of Cabin the Woods. I don't feel like we need a second Cabin in the Woods. I thought the first one was just a, a brilliant flick. Um, the way the first one ended was seemed pretty uh, definitive. You know, in and mm-hmm. so, yeah. So I don't know exactly what your what your where your, where your starting point is going to be here, um, but if you have to
1: attach someone to it,
0: it might as well be
1: Drew Goddard. I mean, this is clearly a movie of love between he and, and Whedon, and this is the movie you and I were talking about two or three years before it even dropped the, the first one. But again, it's the people that were attached. But didn't that one get held up? It wasn't held up in the MGM mess.
0: I think it was. Maybe so. Was it MGM? It 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 might have been. Yeah, it was some sort. There was
1: some mess that it got held up in. And I'm with you. To me, Cabin in the Woods had a very definitive beginning, definitive ending. It's one of my one of my top ten movies of the past fifteen years. I've seen it. I don't know how many times, and I could watch it tonight and have no issue. It's just a, a brilliant film. But if you really need to go back down that well, then at least keep somebody who has passion around it as part of it.
0: Unless you're going to give us a
1: lot of the sexy witches and the angry the molesting angry Morris trees, trees and, and Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> because we know Kevin and we know what yes. Kevin will bring <laughs> yes but yeah and, and that will that again I, well again, t- again for the first time for the people who didn't hear what we said. I think you could go somewhere if you wanted to tell a story as a prequel kind of thing, the year one of the years that the gods got their wishes and the sacrifice was taken from the eyes of the demons or whatever that get summoned and get to hunt them down. I think you could have an entertaining. Maybe the little
0: Japanese schoolgirls will save the world.
1: I would watch a movie from the little Japanese schoolgirls point of view. I would do that in a heartbeat. They've been there, done exactly. that, yeah. and they know what to expect. Exactly. I'd even take their story of what went on the classroom that day because all we saw are little bits, and I know the way it ended, and it was fucked up. Right. So I'm I'm on board for the little Japanese schoolgirl film. Right. I gotta watch how I say that, so I'm not. Yeah. That, that so thing so I'm still a lot in school. That could be schools. taken <laughs>
0: taken out of context.
1: So yeah, I I don't need this movie, but if we're going to get this movie, let Drew Goddard be the person to give it to us. Agreed. All right. Next. Next. What was next? 1961. Ah, oh, yes. A piece of shit TV series landed. Is this on I'm this supposed date. to guess? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if you can figure out what that uh, one was. It was Mr. Ed. I was thinking of many piece of shit films, but that's the one that yes. landed on this date in 61. And... It makes you realize how good P- TV viewers have it now. TV that well, there every night has must see TV. Now. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Every night, and it's crazy to me that to remember some of those piece of shit shows that we waited through. Yeah, reruns of Mister Ed were a big deal because there was well, nothing else on.
0: Even the stuff we liked, when you look back on it, or it doesn't so, hold up. Let's let's examine. You know, our. 13, 14, 15 year old selves watching The Dukes of Hazard.
1: That show does not hold up. I loved out. The Dukes yes, of Hazzard.
0: And now you look back on that and I'm Whoa.
1: like, Oh my
0: God. <laughs> now, you know, back, at, you know, it was all about Daisy Duke as a prepubescent boy, but. I loved her many times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you did. But outside of that fact, that was a bad TV show. Terrible. Uh, that does not hold up. Do you see? I, that's one thing. I think it, maybe it's Super Mega Fest. It's going to be John Schneider, Tom Wolpat, and Catherine Bach with the General Lee, which we all know is is controversial now because of the, the Confederate. Flag.
1: Stupidly controversial. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, but the whole crew with uh, with the General Lee. Now that's an interesting thing. Now, I know, I'm sorrel I, book, but I know he's well, dead. he's dead. And so is uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane. Yeah, and, oh, recently.
1: There's the year.
0: cat will knock your beer over, I'm just saying. It's not so, would, so much like there, there is a, a beer down there. I was afraid a,
1: that a beer will maybe start. my putting the beer up here is what rattled the microphone.
0: Oh, I don't know. I would just suggest to hold it, though. Uh, I'll cat, do this. cat will.
1: Now that he goes <laughs> for my beer. So I'm holding my beer. Because <laughs> the cat's a douche.
0: Um, anyway, I, you know, that is something Just, just... The pure nostalgia factor of, of getting your picture taken with Daisy Duke, even though she's you know let herself go over the years. Okay, what?
1: You have your choice, Debbie Gibson or Daisy Duke.
0: Debbie, Debbie Gibson.
1: Heart, heartbeat, and well, heartbeat. because Debbie Gibson's still is hot. hot. <laughs> she's become milftastic tastic hot.
0: Ah, oh, dude, Debbie Gibson. I love Debbie Gibson. Yeah. I own the albums. As a straight teenage boy, I, I, yes, I listened to Debbie Gibson,
1: all the Baby time. Baby, True Blue.
0: I, I had it. Yeah, I. Did. That was hers, right? Yep. There was a couple of good albums there, but she was she was our Britney. But I would argue she has more talent because Debbie no, Gibson no, no, no. did not need uh,
1: auto tune auto tune to sound good. Yeah. No, Britney. Uh, uh, yeah. Debbie Gibson had way more talent. I like. I didn't mind Tiffany, but she was yeah, really that was, a one-hit wonder.
0: I was more of a Debbie fan, but
1: Tiffany was the whole mall scene. That was what all her but videos were. That was were. so eighties. Oh, big time!
0: If you're gonna talk about it, it's like, I was so metal. Tiffany, she was
1: so eighties. <laughs> Yeah. I don't even know where we started on this. Oh, television. Television, yeah. <laughs> so people nowadays you gotta understand how good you've got it. Yeah. If you are if you are twelve now and you're going home going, there's nothing on, you deserve to be punched.
0: Today's television young television viewer is like is like New England sports fan. They don't know what it is to lose. <laughs> They're spoiled. They're spoiled rotten.
1: If Most of them are. I going to say, 50, there are people more, like me that are still receiving. If you are <laughs> under 20 years old <laughs> oh, yeah, right yeah. now... You don't realize how good they've got it. Yeah, the please. Sox have won two World Series. The Patriots have won four. The Bruins have won one. Celtics won two. Won. Was it one Celtics two? won two. Okay. The Bruins, I know, won yeah. one. They should have won two. So, um, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. It, yeah. It's... It, this is the renaissance... I don't want really say the renaissance of TV anymore because this has been building steadily for the last five six years of just great television maybe even longer there's so many good stuff and what i really appreciate about what the cable stations what the pay stations are doing is that they're making they're forcing networks to up their game yep now networks are always going to have to they're always going to have that limitation they're always going to have to cater to all right we're being broadcast to Every single person, even that guy without cable, is getting our shows. Yep. And there's a certain element there where we have to—we can only really go so far with things. So you're not going to get Sons of Anarchy on NBC, or, or you're not going to get the—you're not going to get the versions you really, really want to see on those stations. But you know, you look at Person of Interest. You look at what the CW is doing with The Flash and Arrow and things like that. You, you look at uh, Agents of Shield—shows that they can. Get away with showing on the networks, but they can still do some do enough with it to make it watchable television mm-hmm. and, and and that's what that's what the cable stations have done, and the Netflixes and the Hulus and all this original programming h b o s and stuff like that you'll never see Game of Thrones on a b c nor would I want to see it on there, however. ABC knows that on Sunday nights between, between February and May, people ain't watching their shit. So they've got to create shit people want to watch.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll say this. If there's one negative side of this, other than the fact that it's trying to keep up as next impossible, is that <laughs> networks like Fox that do seem to air a show maybe twice and then will pull the plug instantly... This has given them an excuse to do so, yeah. because they truly, they, they can say, well, look, if we've seen two episodes air, and we're getting ratings in the .8, .9, or even two point something a night, we should be getting a four or five, you can appreciate, whether or not you like it, you can appreciate why they're cutting their losses and moving sure. on, because it's winner takes all at the end of the day. So,
0: And then you've even got like what, uh, you know, just phenomena television, what I like to call it, like uh, Empire.
1: Um, but I, if you it, told me how big that phenomenon. show was going to be. Now, I
0: watched the first three episodes of it, I did, and it just wasn't for me, but, uh, and I didn't enjoy but, it. But it seems like, you know, just like, it, it's... I want to say it's mindless television, but it's mindless television with with, you know, at least some sort of story, some sort of characters that you can get around... I don't necessarily think it's great television, but you know it's still something that the networks are putting out there that, that people are rallying around, people want to see, people want to watch. And I'm all for that. It, it, rather than just throwing out another stupid reality show or uh, all that stuff, thankfully that stuff seems to be tapering off, and they've really just sort of whittled down to those original ones that sort of launched it all, the Survivors, the uh, the Amazing Race, that type of stuff. And the yeah, all the other bullshit. Was, a lot of the bullshit stuff is sort of going off.
1: Some Unfortunately, we've of still got the Cardassians.
0: Well, we always I, will. You know, I don't understand what the appeal is there, but whatever. At least that's not clogging up like mainstream television. It's It's off on some random cable station. But come on, even American Idol is finally calling it quits after this next year, I think. This is their last season. Yep,
1: thank God.
0: You know, it, for reality for me I like watching I like watching the cooking shows. I enjoy like the Master Chef stuff or or the kitchen nightmares or something with Ramsey. I like uh the the fresh ink mm-hmm. the shows of the, the tattoos. Those are the kind of reality shows I think are fun to watch. Um but yeah, all the all the other shit this you know, my Amish Boyfriend, who you
1: know, you know, well, was, just the Amish Mafia one, which is a legit yeah. show. I don't care.
0: And I'll admit, I will admit that in the early two thousands, the early aughts, I liked a lot of that shit, but it was different. It was different. It was still, I watched the shit out of that one thing. It was called Amish in the City, where they cooped oh, up, um, cooped up like real world style in a, in a room. Five Amish kids on their rum springing. Uh, <laughs> Five, he's a douche, I'm telling you. He will do it intentionally. Um, uh, they were on their rum stringer, which is kind of like uh, the Amish version of, uh, you know, all right, we're going we're gonna to give you six weeks or eight weeks when you turn this, I think it was 16 or 18 mm-hmm. years old, and you get to go out into the real world that you've been, you know, held from your entire Amish life, and you can determine in that amount of time whether you want to stay there or whether you want to come back to the Amish lifestyle. And if you stay there, you have to know that you are basically telling your family that I'm never going to deal with you again. And it's harsh. And it's interesting because they boarded them up in a house with five or six, however many kids it was, just L.A. kids, regular L.A. kids. And it was interesting because it, it was interesting at the time because here's here's obviously oil and water coming together, and they learn about each other and stuff like that, and I think there's value in that type of setting. But that was the kind of cheesy shit that you were getting back then, and I ate that shit up. Mm-hmm. There was another one where some big, some big burly, hairy dude. It was uh, my. It was called like my big, fat, obnoxious fiance, and it was this hot chick who shacked up with this big. was an actor. Care. and they they were both in on the gag, but they she and the him had to convince her parents. Oh, I remember this show.
1: And he was every he was the most boorish
0: character in, you could intentionally ever intentionally yeah boorish, and that was entertaining to a point. But
1: all and, of that in the same is, way that the Joe Schmo show was yeah, yeah. because they, you you were in on the same joke. Oh. It was just these poor this one or two people that weren't.
0: Yeah, and her watching family.
1: the train wreck that yeah. that they would see like what the fuck? Yeah. And, and just be being, being in on the joke. Right. Yeah. That no, that that was but still that's different than this let's follow these overly well to do people down the road and see what see what life is for these perfect people. And yeah. that that's bullshit.
0: Did you see the it's on Netflix. There was a there's a um a documentary called The Queen of Versailles.
1: I did end up catching that. Uh, that that is, was the real estate one, right? Yeah, yeah, the
0: guy who the older guy with the younger the younger wife yep. who they were just building the mansion to end all mansions yep. outside of Orlando. And I, I think he was he was the real estate guy who was behind a lot of the Vegas timeshares yep. and stuff. Um, but in the rise
1: sudden, and the fall,
0: right? And then the bottom falls out, and they couldn't finish this. Just gaudy... Mm-hmm. Um, mansion that they were building, and this lifestyle that they lead and stuff, and that was a fascinating documentary to me.
1: No, that, that that was a great, great, great doc. Yeah, and probably still is on. Uh, I believe Netflix. it is
0: still on Netflix. I, I highly recommend that. But yeah, this is definitely the Renaissance of television. There's 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 way too much to even keep up with. I, I almost feel like I equate uh, my analogy is baseball card collecting in the mid '90s used to be you could just get tops, flare and Dunross. It was easy to keep up with shit. And all of a sudden, freaking companies are coming out of the woodwork with different sets and stuff. And all of a sudden, there was
1: no way you could keep up and with And they're it. all worth something. Right.
0: Right. Um, and that's the way TV is now. I finally come to the reality is I just can't do it.
1: There's, I'm there's, trying. There are <laughs> shows.
0: I mean, like Fear the Walking Dead. I caught the pilot. I liked the pilot. It was all right and mm-hmm. stuff. But I've come to the realization. It's like, you know what? I'm just gonna wait till this thing yeah. loads up somewhere because I just can't fucking follow all this shit anymore. There's so much good shit out there. You just gotta, you gotta. I'm hearing, uh, I'm hearing this Quantico show is supposed to be. That's getting game, incredible but, reviews. I yeah. want to check it. And that's one of those ones I can catch on Hulu and stuff, which, which I might. Um, there's just, there's just so much good shit out there right now. Yeah, my
1: DVR. Like, if I don't keep up if i get even a week behind i'm fucked because i am trying to keep up and keep current and it's it's a struggle right now yeah Yeah.
0: i'm i'm not caught up to all of stuff i've caught up to agents of shield thankfully the goldbergs but the goldbergs is only a 22 minute time investment um, which is still awesome
1: (laughs) 22 minutes of 80s goodness
0: absolutely and the mer and the merman Murray Goldberg. Jeff Garland is Murray Goldberg.
1: He was You're on all a,
0: morons!
1: <laughs> he was on an episode of Doug Loves Movies Dude that I need to track down for you because
0: I love. he's rarely
1: movies. on the show because Doug Benson admits that whenever he's on it he just fucking robs the show yeah. and t- And at one point they, he had, th- there's this kid that's on it a lot of some 18 or 19 year old wunderkind who was raised in a, a family of Moviegoers. Do
0: you just you know fifty points to Gryffindor House for dropping Wunderkind. Wunderkind. <laughs> well this
1: especially 30 beers <laughs> in here. Right. Um, and, and this kid's name is Jesse Pasterneck and all this a, a little Jewish kid and all of a sudden Garland goes off on I can't wait to hear that Christmas series. Oh little Pasterneck and the Pasterneck families. And rips off an entire plot synopsis. <laughs> Of what the littlest that TV show could be for the holiday season. One <laughs> of the funniest awesome. things I've heard in my life. That's and Garland awesome. keeps saying, this is why you don't ever invite me back. Right. I'm not going to follow the rules of your show. This is Murray's show. Right.
0: <laughs> I don't know if Garland's doing any kind of stand-up tour or stuff like that. He does.
1: Would, he does do stand-up. I would
0: absolutely pay a I, lot of money to see him oh, because he's there. one of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, there we go. Um... So, I think we should break here.
1: I think we should mostly, test the recording, mostly <laughs> to see if this is if this thing is actually working. Because if it didn't, then game over for the night. Yeah,
0: absolutely. This will never see the light of day, and if yeah, we'll this,
1: join another podcast we did at some point. Yeah, if, where if, if, if you Modern do Modern hear more, should be on,
0: you'll know that we did survive. And uh, and we'll we'll try to come
1: back. Did with you know some money. Glee is a reality show? Uh, that's what I've heard. All right, let's break.
0: So it's, it's been a long time since we've done a podcast, so we don't want to really dive into what we've watched, because we haven't watched a lot of stuff recently, and we don't want to belabor something that we saw three months ago and stuff. So maybe we thought we'd do a little bit of recommendation. And you're thinking maybe a movie, a TV show, and some music.
1: Or at least for me.
0: Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I may not do music, but...
1: Um. I'll recommend the movie Black Mass.
0: Black mass, black Mask.
1: Because and, and this is because this is not
0: a biopic on Gadbury Cinebay. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Where did that whoa, come from? Whoa,
1: dude! Oh, well, oh um, that was some. That was the, some racist bullshit. First thing is fifteen points for pronouncing the name right. Because is that how it's pronounced, Gadbury Cinebay? I, 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 I believe. believe I always look at it and go Gab, 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 Gabby, Gab. The Sidib Yes. All right. Gadbury Cidibay. Gadbury
0: Cidibay. All right. From the novel Push
1: by Sapphire. <laughs> I've never seen the movie. I haven't either. I hear, it, I hear it's great. What the hell was the name of that movie? Um, it was a one-word title of her name.
0: Yep. Don't remember.
1: Gadbury. No. Black Mass. <laughs> Black. <laughs> Black because Oz. the ninjas have spent hours actually bitching about how awful Johnny Depp has been, really, over the past five years when he buries himself in makeup. Primarily, yep. well, he wears behind too, makeup, doesn't he? He does here, and this is where I want to give him some credit because still here, I don't believe he's using the makeup to do his. You tell acting Oz him. doesn't get a lot
0: of attention anymore. Yeah, no, Oz this is the
1: talk. <laughs> yeah. But Black Mass is just a. Brilliant bit of storytelling. It it You'll find yourself, if you're into the gangster kind of movie... And I am. ...absolutely wrapped. It earns its R rating, no question about it. it <laughs> I would hope a movie about Whitey Bulger would... ...would a, earn its, its R rating. Yes. And, and for me, it's fascinating because I, I was... Even though being in port from Portland, I was still quite oblivious to the Whitey Bulger thing. Even though Boston is, quote-unquote... Our big city that we're kind of attached to. I didn't know much about it. And man, I came out of this movie just fearful of that motherfucker. It is a a brilliant movie that I think should get a few Oscar noms. If you told me Johnny Depp got nominated, I'd be okay with it. Joel Edgerton, though, for me, is who steals the show.
0: Yeah.
1: When you've got an Australian actor who pulls off the Boston accent better than I think most Bostonians can. It was just... It, absolutely fantastic film. So Black Mass, as long as you can handle the R rating because it earns it, see this movie.
0: Awesome. It is on my short list. Um, for me, it's like it's October. I'm looking for horror flicks. Um, you know, I, I love the Halloweens and the Friday the Thirteenth and, and those types of things. However, I mean, ho- the original Halloween, John Carpenter, the original Carrie, um, I, those are just so Stellar Films, my go-to stuff, Uh, Texas Chainsaw, the original is is phenomenal. But for just something a little off the grid, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, it's on Netflix streaming, Um, definitely different, it's an Iranian flick, it's subtitled, so if you can get past that, uh, which I recommend you do, Um, just something completely different, a very unique black-and-white aesthetic, with a soundtrack that is just—it's—it's it's equally cool yet bizarre. It's—it's uh, it's basically Iranian spaghetti Western or Arabic spaghetti Western meets eighties pop funk.o And it's
1: just—I don't even you know, know what bizarre. to think about that.
0: And the, there's interesting performances. There's there's—it's an interesting story um, about basically this. This—it's a different take on vampire. It is this girl who's a vampire and she sort of targets people that sort of, in a Dexter sort of way, of people that, that she just doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And then she, she hooks up with this other guy who's sort of our protagonist, whose name's Arash. And and he, he sort of carries, there's a lot of, you can definitely tell there's a lot of Western influence in this because he sort of comes across like a guy who, who just fell out of the Grease Lightning videotaping. You know, he's got a very, uh, you know, the Heavenly Kid uh, kind of guy. Look at it, I pulled that reference out. Remember the Heavenly Kid? No. Wow. Yeah, you got to see the Heavenly Kid. You never saw, I'm going to go completely off tra- off base here. You never saw um, uh, Valley Girl. No, I didn't. For an 80s dude to not have seen Valley Girl. I hated Girl,
1: Valley Girl, so.
0: It doesn't matter. First Those... of all, Deborah Foreman's hot. And Nicolas Cage, and just Nicolas, gave Cage. Us Nicolas Cage, uh, yeah, but this is like his first dude. No, it was his first movie. The soundtrack alone, from an eighties perspective, you've got to see Valley Girl. <laughs> next right. time we make a bet, I'm going to make you watch Valley Girl. That's gonna. Be
1: I, I would take that. That that's a fair bet, right there. Okay, all
0: right. We'll make a bet before the end of this podcast. We're gonna make a bet. <laughs>
1: We're, we're to, we don't know I, what I'm up. I'm we're gonna, gonna, about.
0: I'm going to force a valley girl down your throat. All right, um, but uh, yeah, a girl walks home alone at night it's on Netflix streaming. It's definitely different. It's not scary by any stretch. There's a couple creepy elements to it, um, but definitely a, a definitely outside the box take on the vampire genre. Um, which it, it's just it's a mesmerizing to look at. It's just it's just so interesting to. To look at how it was filmed, and yeah, it's 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 really cool. I, I've seen it twice, and the second time was even better than the first. So right. definitely check it out.
1: All right, uh, my TV show <laughs> would be Screen Queens. Now, the second week has seen an uptick from the viewership. The first week, first week wasn't overly good, but the Fox has admitted that they were landing on the numbers they'd hoped for in terms of DVR and the certain age group. And it looks like people that didn't watch the DVR recordings turned out to watch it live this past week because the numbers were far better. Scream Queens is a brilliant horror comedy. It is so loaded with just scene after scene that is... Absolutely bizarre, but it's bizarre in a funny way. I can't tell you that any of it makes sense. It's cohesive. There is an ongoing storyline. It's not like American Horror Story where you have so many what-the-fuck moments. But still, you're not exactly certain what the hell is going on. But it's not about that. It's about the comedy, and these people are bringing it. Emma uh, yeah. Emma Roberts is, yep. even though she's earned a Douche of the Week rating from us before, yes she has. She is great here, uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis is awesome in this role. But really, it's Abigail Breslin's show. Abigail Breslin, who as Little Miss Sunshine has clearly shed those uh, the, those, well, uh, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, bonds of the, the whole. Little girl grows up because, wow, this role is... It gets away with stuff that you can barely get away with on regular TV. Yeah, I mean, they... Some of the lines that they've referenced are so extremely adult, but it's just the most batshit crazy show. It's one of those things that when you're watching it, you're like, this is why people stare at train wrecks, because you, you still, it's... You don't know and what's going to happen. It's and it's really shoulders. why American Horror Story, especially the first yeah. season, you really tuned in because you didn't know what the hell they are going to roll out. Well,
0: you're not into this four seasons in. You don't know what the hell you've watched. No. But it's no. freaking, it's entertaining It, it is. As
1: hell. And Screen Queens is up there. It, it, it is funny as hell. Oh. I find myself having laugh out loud moments multiple times an episode. I you highly know, recommend it. Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, yep. definitely bring unique perspectives yeah. to TV shows. And so. I, I know I wasn't on Glee, but I never knocked him for lack of originality for it. And this is a completely original concept. Wasn't well, Lea Michelle
0: in this too? So. She
1: is. Oh, and by the way, you and I discussed after week one, which is really two episodes, that she didn't look good. Yeah. They'd done something with her. They had her basically as... Uh, Oh, what was the name of the character? Not always sunny. Uh, the one that's got the scolio, former scoliosis girls, Judy Greer's character. Oh, right, right, uh, right, right, me- right. Not metal monster, but something like that. Yeah, well, I- in this, she's neck brace, neck and back brace girls oh. because she's scoliosis. Yeah. And in week three, episode three, I should say, Emma Roberts has named her as one of the Chantels. And has dressed her up, and, and Leah Michelle looks gorgeous, but makes the announcement, It's killing me to have my neck like this. I'm going to be in pain for years, but God, I look good. And oh, does she look good? Yeah, Leah Michelle's hot. But still, there are others that put her to shame. Hell, um, as much as I fucking hate the chick, Ariana Grande was in the first week, and I can't stand her. Well, she if you're 22. If you're 22 wearing cat ears, I want to punch you. <laughs> no
0: doubt. But.
1: That girl can look good, yeah, and she looked really good here.
0: Definitely on my uh, my short
1: list of things. Yeah, it, it definitely is worth a watch.
0: For me, um, it's basically still all about the Goldbergs. Um, by now, it's season three. If you if you haven't been on it, you should be. If you're a good jet, for
1: ABC and allowing this thing to hit uh, season three, though. Well, you know it, the ratings it have pushed. Didn't it didn't
0: hurt that they stuffed it in between the middle and good. The Modern Family. So
1: it's got it's but it got, also means that's a show that they have yes. They have good feelings about that yes. they want to see and succeed. It, it
0: has picked up right where it left off. First episode uh they were. it was all about risky business. Second one it was all about Millie Vanilli. Mm-hmm. So they are they're just riffing off every 80s thing which got which <laughs> if you're a child of the 80s, you totally appreciate this. If you hate the 80s, if you got nothing for the 80s, eh, the Goldbergs probably doesn't land for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is such a, a trip down memory lane for us children of the 80s. And uh, the cast is phenomenal. Jeff Garland is just, as Murray, is just, that's all I want to be is Murray Goldberg. <laughs> you know? And, and, um, and almost to, like, prove, what I love about it is like to prove that none of this is bullshit. They always end the episode with 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 oh I love video that. clip. Yep, they show the, the real life. This really yeah. happened, yeah. which is awesome. Love me some Goldberg's uh, best comedy on TV for me right now, and, and they're 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 still just hitting their stride
1: every episode. All right, music, music. Um, this one, we're going to go a little more old school, even it's a new album. Iron Maiden has dropped a, a double disc called Book of Souls. It dropped, ooh, three weeks ago, the same week as the Five Finger album did. This movie is as close to an... A movie? Wow. This album's as close to an old Iron Maiden album as I've heard in a long, long time. If you liked Maiden from the 80s, this will be throwback listening for you. It, to me, feels like their swan song. The guys are... Uh 60s, pushing 70. Bruce Dickinson, to my knowledge, still piloting their jet, but I don't know what the others are doing. My guess is they're getting herbal treatments and uh, mm-hmm. making sure they make the the buffet for 3 o'clock and, and watch their Matlock every night. Right. Um, it, but this album was almost a breath of fresh air. As a person who loved the band in the 70s and 80s, this just felt like I was getting my youth back. And two albums worth of this is the way they're going to go out. This is the perfect way to go out. So I highly recommend it. Absolutely.
0: I was was an Iron Maiden fan back in the 80s, so I may check this out. Uh, I have no music uh, recommendation. I haven't been listening to anything specific lately, so I'm not going to just pull something out of my ass. So let's break here and hope for the best, and we'll come back with our top five films for the for the last few months of this year that are flying under the radar.
1: Right, no blockbusters. No
0: musters. Star Wars, no Hunger Games, that kind of stuff, so other stuff. All right, we'll be right back, hopefully. All right, so we're sort of into one of my favorite times of the year. It's the time of the year when the, the Oscar bait movies start coming up. Uh, you know, for better or worse, there's, there's a lot of good shit out there. There'll be a lot, of, a lot of Oscar bait stuff that the haters will hate and say is intentionally melodramatic and leading us on and, and all that kind of stuff. And whatever, there's, there's just usually some good shit out at the theaters this time of year, starting at this time of year. So we thought we'd examine what our top five most anticipated under-the-radar films for the rest of the year are. So by default, we're omitting Star Wars, we're omitting The Hunger Games, or even admitting, omitting things like Spectre, the James Bond flick, the Hateful Eight. Yeah,
1: which, that's Tarantino. a tough one, because you are Tarantino yeah, people. And I
0: wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't begrudge you if you had that on your list.
1: But, the fact of the matter is, there. are Tarantino fans are very well aware that this movie is coming out,
0: uh, absolutely.
1: so th- it's not really worth spending a lot of time talking about.
0: Right. All um, right. So that said,
1: uh, you want to start? I don't care. Go with what's All your right. number? What's your number five? My number five is. <laughs> Not Oscar bait, but I am intrigued by this movie. The Final Girls.
0: The Final Girls. The
1: Final Girls. I haven't heard of this. It, it, it is... I'm trying to think of the name of the director, and I actually heard him on a show, a, a podcast recently. What the fuck? doesn't matter. It's it's a very small release. It stars Malin Ackerman and Thaisa Farmiga. Yeah, and basically, cool. you, Thaisa... you hated lately? Huh?
0: You, I thought you hated Thaisa Farmiga in the last... But there was a movie you reviewed a while back Probably. Hated I don't, I don't of know
1: movie. what it was, but I'm sure if I IMDb'd her, I'd know. Thaisa, though, basically plays the daughter of Malin Ackerman. Malin is supposed to be a former 80s screen queen. Okay. So, Thaisa and her girlfriends go to this throwback 80s-type horror movie that her mom starred in, and something happens, and they get sucked into the movie and basically have to survive... As, quote-unquote, the final girl. That one girl who's always the last one when Jason or Freddy's chasing them around. That spends the time screaming and her, trying to run in high heels. It is looks like a brilliant throwback horror comedy. Which I don't think we're getting enough of anymore. Right. Um, the, what scares me it's gotten a PG-13 rating. And I, I've come out saying that these movies need to be R. But I'll give it a chance. I'm looking really forward to the final girls to see what it's going to offer. Okay. Have you found your list? you still looking.
0: Um, do you have more to say? Not really? The final...
1: <laughs> well, I can I can well, certainly I'm go not, on. I'm
0: not loading here. That's the problem. Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. No,
1: no, keep going. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if you want to capture the 80s, uh, the, the horror movie... Genre, the 80s, certainly was at the height. The, the late 70s, yeah, early 80s. Okay when we got, we got the Friday the 13th, the right. Halloweens, the, the, and up to the Nightmare on Elm Street. was really at its heyday, but they, they followed certain kinds of rules, and that's the whole idea of the final girl. It always was a girl who seemed to survive. It was always somebody screaming, trembling. And I love the idea that basically saying, hey, look, we all remember that's the way the genre worked. And we're going to give you Maylon Ackerman, who does have that look. She could clearly be that part. And we're right. going to give you her daughter being thrust in that situation and see how it plays out. And it's almost like taking somebody from 25 years later and saying, here is this trope that existed in movies back in, back in the 80s. What do you think about it, and how would you deal with it? And, I, dude, I love that kind of play. And, again, it brings up the 80s, and... You got to love these. I'm on board.
0: Um, my number five is a movie starring Brian Cranston.
1: Oh, well you've got my number four
0: then. Ah, a movie called Trumbo. Trumbo. Yes. Well,
1: so we
0: can we can both we can both jump on this. So basically, yes. a biopic about the the writer Dalton Trumbo, who back in the late 40s was sort of he, he was he was top of his game, and all of a sudden his career is derailed. Because of accusations of his political, yeah, the M-
1: McCarthyism. Yes, yep. that,
0: that leans towards communism, and that whole big Red Scare thing, you know, that, that people were blacklisted for. Um, so I'm on board with anything Cranston does at yeah. this point, and just I'm I'm in, I'm always intrigued by that whole McCarthyism thing and how, the paranoia. It's such a
1: crazy, crazy. The time paranoia that
0: that just sort of shrouds that whole era of, of people you know it's it's like it's like the salem witch trial well,
1: people lost their careers their yeah. lives yeah. over that time in our history yeah absolutely solely because people thought well then you're communist yeah and and
0: quite frankly who, who cares
1: you know it, well yeah political viewpoint shouldn't mean that much but, but in those those days it did
0: but, I mean, if Brian Cranston isn't enough to get you there, it's like Diane Lane is in this, Louis C.K., Elle Fanning, John fucking Goodman, Helen Mirren, who's like the sexiest so lady oh. out there. And, dude, John Goodman should be... Helen Mirren came everything. out
1: this week and said so she's not doing any more nude scenes, though.
0: Oh, damn it.
1: I know. Damn, damn you, Helen Just gotta Maron. go fire up Excalibur and get all the oh. Helen Mirren you damn need.
0: Damn you, Helen Mirren. Damn, you clothed Helen man. but uh, John Goodman dude makes everything better Anything except
1: the money it's been.
0: Well, it, but even even well,
1: if you, right, if you eliminated him, it was probably a worse movie than it right. really was. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. No, I yeah, think the
0: best work he's done recently is Inside Lou Davis. But uh,
1: yeah, I would agree. Um,
0: anyway, yeah, Trumbo is is my number five. Clearly, Clearly that was your number four. four so means, you got to
1: give your four. Uh, <laughs>
0: Holy crap! I gotta come up with number four now. Um, well, it's not my fault. Uh, one. Yeah, no, I know. Um, my my number four is actually something we saw sort of in the pre-show of the movie we went to today that we'll get into later. Uh, Bridge of Spies, really the new Spielberg Tom Hanks collaboration. Um, uh, basically, and an, you know, I've dealt with anything historical that. That includes Spielberg working with Hanks. Now, I, I've been... I think Hanks is one of those guys who's gotten better the older he's gotten. Now, he's always been a good actor. But for me, Hanks, you know, up until a few years ago, Tom Hanks, it's difficult for Tom Hanks to get out of his own way. Because he feels like every single thing he does, all right, well, he's Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I I, I look at movies that I enjoy, like uh, Catch Me If You Can, Cast Away, um, things like that. It's like, uh, um, uh, what was the uh, Dan Brown book, The Da Vinci Code? You know, Tom Hanks casted roles that I didn't, as I'm reading Da Vinci Code, I'm not picturing Tom Hanks as Robert Langdon. And I like the Da Vinci Code book quite a bit. And I just I was not seeing Tom Hanks as I'm reading this, but he's in the movie, and all I'm seeing as I'm watching this movie is like, "Eh, it's Tom Hanks. Right. He can't get out of his own Tom Hankiness to to convince me that he's somebody different. Now that tide shifted for me a little bit a couple years ago with uh, Captain Phillips.
1: Captain Phillips and Captain Phillips was was great, Allison. Uh, not Allison. Uh, the Mary and, Poppins movie and yeah, uh, the uh, saving the one where uh, he plays Walt
0: Disney. God, Dude, I am just I am losing my shit. I can't remember anything anymore. Um, but yeah, the one the basically the one where Mr. he plays Mister Banks, where he plays uh, Walt Disney. Um, but in both of those, I was able to separate Tom Hanks from the character he was yep. playing. And from what I've seen of this one. I think this is another one where I think he sort of steps away from his Tom Hankiness and is giving us something good. And we already know what Spielberg can do with historical right. stuff. Because Lincoln is just
1: phenomenal. So was Saving Private Ryan.
0: Yep. And, and I know and, that's
1: that's not a to- true story, but still. Right. The, the 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 war depictions were amazing. And the guy's... Spielberg is meticulous, if nothing else, when it comes to his detail.
0: Agreed. Um, so I'm on board with anything that that, uh, that those two guys want to collaborate on, and especially if it's a historical, you know, yeah. biopic type thing. So Bridge of Spies is my number four.
1: All right. Well, again, I'm going totally away from Oscar type movies, and I'm going to say Bone Tomahawk. I'm Bone Tom, you haven't heard of this I movie? I've not heard of Bone Tom. Kurt Russell, Richard Jenkins, Patrick Wilson, Sean Young. Sean Young, yeah. Kurt Russell. Did she go nuts? So after like uh, Ace Ventura? Or well, something? after she wasn't given the role for uh, the the Catwoman role, she lost her shit and then showed up on one of the late night shows. Probably should be be happy she didn't end up with that role. What are you t- well? Of Cap- it worked okay for Michelle Pfeiffer.
0: Oh, you're talking about in the Batman thing. I'm just talking about the actual Catwoman movie with how... No, Batman. no,
1: no, no. She wanted the Michelle Pfeiffer bit. Gotcha. Need to get it. But no, Bone Tomahawk is basically a horror western that is about a bunch of people that have to save some, uh, save some colonists from uh, cannibalistic Indian tribes. But again, I love the throwback feel that we're getting into here. And I miss good old-fashioned horror. I miss right. the grittiness of it. And but there's and some I, good
0: stuff that's been out lately.
1: Finally, we're getting that way. And it follows, being our last big podcast, that was really a, a fantastic reminder of what you can do with horror. Right. And this looks like a, a, a throwback to the same kind of thing. Almost a la From dust Till Dawn, where you know there's going to be an action element to it, but still the way it plays out is going to be entertaining as hell. You give me Kurt Russell. I fucking love Kurt Russell, dude.
0: If he's used correctly, yes. And
1: and this Stunt movie Man is... Stuntman Mike, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> Amazing is Stuntman Mike. I like the grittiness. I like the feel. I like the approach. This is going to be an entertaining movie, if nothing else. I'm all over seeing Bone Tomahawk.
0: All right. Well, I am too now. Now that you've told me the non-crazy version of Sean Young is in this. And
1: <laughs> well, I didn't say she's not crazy. Oh, okay. She could be crazy. Very crazy.
0: That was your number three? Yes. My number three is something that's actually going to pop up on Netflix. Netflix is one of their first... Oh,
1: I know exactly where you're first going First original
0: one. films, Beasts of and Known Known-ish. Nation. Yeah. Idris Elba, first of all, Idris Elba should be you know your your go to black guy and everything, because <laughs> he's so awesome. Is that a racist comment? No, because he because if if you need a black guy in the movie, Idris Elba's your guy. If if not Sam Jackson, but Sam Jackson yeah, yeah. can't do everything because he's in everything. Um, but basically, uh, you know about the 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 tribal wars in Africa. Um, you know the story of a young kid who's just sort of forced into the war. His father's killed. His mother and his sister have to be shipped off. This is, I think, this is going to be one of those flicks that's just that just resonates with people that that people are going to see and it's like, holy shit, this is what life is really like in some of these African nations. And I'm I'm excited to see what Netflix. I can't speak highly enough to their original. TV programming I want to see what they're going to do with a full length
1: feature film. It's going to be interesting because the, the buzzer on this movie it could be something that's going to push the uh, the Academy to have to look at a TV network yep. as a legit developer of movies and have to give it a nod. I agree. And I love the fact that they could be pushed to that point.
0: I agree. Um, yeah, now to be fair if 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 Netflix and, and whoever else becomes starts to become a player in the theatrical movie industry, that doesn't bode as well for movie theaters. And we were no. discussing earlier that there's a certain I don't ever want to a yeah, theater. There's something about the, the aspects of going to a theater that's just that, that I don't ever want to see go away.
1: The smells, the sounds. The old person who sounds like they're dying of consumption oh, just a row in front of you.
0: Jiminy Christmas. That that
1: person was... <laughs> <laughs> the old guy who left and was gone for 20 minutes taking a piss. I thought he was the
0: dude that was, that was hacking. So did
1: I. But then it kept going. Uh, Alright.
0: So that was my number three. What's your number two?
1: Well, I may take some heat for this, but I'm going to say The Danish Girl is my number two.
0: Talk to me. Talk to me, Goose.
1: Talk to you, Goose. First, I really, really like the fact that we've got a Tom Hooper film here. It's an intriguing idea because Eddie Redmayne's already shown that he's willing to take risks when he's doing his... Oh, is this the one where he's a chick? This is the one who replaced the, the one of the most noted Dude, people he's... to get one of the first... Trans, uh, He's uh, kind of a hot chick. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Which is scary because I'm not even into that kind of porn. But
0: <laughs>
1: but yes, Eddie Redmayne makes a decent chick. Uh, but the the real performance I'm looking forward to here is Alicia Vikander. Yeah. I probably pronounce her name wrong. Yeah, that's about who right. plays his real? Well, plays the dude's real life wife. Who stuck behind him and encouraged him to make this decision, yeah. regardless of the fact that she knew the the relationship as they knew it was done. Tom Hooper, we've already seen what this guy can deliver. The guy does a damn good job. Now, yeah. whether or not people think like the King's Speech movies like that hold up, I love. I the, love King's the movie. Speech. I've seen it countless times, and
0: I had no issues with his take on Lady Mac. Yep, it
1: was fantastic. And but any red main. Gave us a brilliant performance as Hawking last year Agreed. but he also then gave us that performance and he, and he
0: gave me a brilliant Oscar win which pulled me into a tie with you yeah that's true <laughs> because I really
1: really wanted Michael Keaton to win that role uh, win that thing I really wanted any red I know you did. Role. so we, we had a push and yeah. as a result neither of us won that challenge I here yeah. um but he also gave us Jupiter ascendant Which was, that was a horrific acting Was that his fault, though? Oh, there were decisions he made for that character that were his fault. Well, maybe. Um, Let's see what he does here. Um, I I love a good biopic. I really do. And this is an interesting story. It's an interesting time Biopics
0: are always 50-50. You don't know what you're going to get. You
1: don't know what you're going to get, and they're going to be people who hate them. I'm on board for seeing what this one can deliver, and if, if nothing else, I really want to see what Vikander can do can deliver because Ex Machina. I've seen that movie four times now, and that is one of the most brilliant acting jobs I've seen of the year.
0: I think Vikander could be like the next Margot Robbie.
1: Yeah, I can see Robbie, that.
0: Who's just just phenomenally hot? Yeah, just, just blows
1: up out of nowhere. Just
0: blows up out of nowhere. First, because
1: was... of her hotness, and you go, "Wow, this chick can act."
0: Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, my number two is Krampus. Really? Yes. <laughs> Come on, dude. Look, we're talking about the plot is... No, no, I'm not knocking a you. A boy who has a bad Christmas ends up accidentally summoning a Christmas demon to his family. You do realize
1: we have, like, two Krampus films in the works. Yes. But we've got Adam Scott, Tony
0: Collette, David Koechner, Allison Tolman, who was, like, the chunky chick on... Cop chick on... Fargo, who was awesome, and basically just about summoning the Christmas demon called the Krampus, and the 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 trailers that I've seen for this so far, it definitely is humorous, but it, but it feels more like a black comedy um, where the scares are legitimate. This this it's like those. In uh, how, what was the what was the movie with uh, Justin on the Sam Raimi flick?
1: Uh, oh, uh, Drag Me to Hell. Drag Me to Hell. That's, Great movie. It's, it's that
0: freaking goat hoof yep. under the thing kind of under the door jam kind of thing. And I do this. This looks fun to me. I'm hoping that it's fun. Yeah, you that's never the end of the final get. girls. But there's there's a legitimate cast behind yep. this, and and definitely the trailer is intriguing. So I'm looking forward to a good Christmas-based horror flick. That's clearly favorite.
1: a movie we're going to have to see. If it lands up here, we got to see this Oh, I,
0: I would imagine it would. I can't imagine it wouldn't. So this brings us to our number ones. And I'm curious to see if we're both going to land in the same spot here. I don't know. Because for me, there's, there's no doubt who the number one is.
1: But... I'm curious to see what you do. For me, it's The Revenant.
0: Okay. No, we're not going to land in the same spot.
1: Okay. Uh, I we have DiCaprio and uh, Hardy teaming. And this with,
0: would and this would be a uh, an honorable mention for me.
1: Okay. Within Irrati, you have a a, a again a biopic. Yeah. But basically, uh, DiCaprio's character like, Glass, I believe, is left for dead in the 1800s frontier after being attacked by a bear. And basically has to try to survive. Yeah, you do. Yeah, well, that happens. Apparently, actually by the sound of it, it probably happened a lot in the, during the 1800s. Right. And he has to survive the winter and, and try to get back. I, I love the whole human against wilderness idea. I love right. when you feel like, well... Interesting enough, with the movie we're going to cover, when you feel like it's you against the world, and to me, with what Innuatu last gave us in Birdman, which is an abs not Birdman, uh, yeah Birdman yeah, Birdman, absolutely brilliant, brilliant, brilliant film. He's able to capture the way people think, the way people act. I want to see what he can do when he has DiCaprio, who's an actor that at He's first so I trash, but he is. Just leaps and bounds ahead of most right now. Yeah. The guy is nothing short of brilliant.
0: Yeah, he's the best working actor without an Oscar.
1: Having revisited The Departed last night, I forgot how good this guy is. And I want to see what you couple him with that situation with Inuratu giving those kind of shots. We could have an absolutely beautiful but fucking gritty, dirty film and that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So for me... The Revenant's number one.
0: Right on. My number one. Um, We're talking about a director who's given us three phenomenal films in a row. And maybe I'm cheating a little bit. Maybe this is a little
1: bigger than... You're not talking the C film. The C film. Ron Howard's film. Uh, No. Okay, good. Because I pulled that off my list thinking that it was too big.
0: No, and and, and and to be fair, I, I don't think this one's too big, uh, but you know, I guess maybe if if you really want to debate that this is on the level of a Hateful Eight, it could be, I don't know. Uh, I, I left it on there because it's absolutely my number one anticipated outside of some of the, the bigger ones. Um, don't say
1: The Force Awakens, because no, then I'll say no, shenanigans.
0: No. Let's bring back the cast and the director that gave us Silver Lining's playbook. Let's bring back Bradley Cooper and Robert nope. De Niro and okay. Jennifer Lawrence because the Oscars needs Jennifer Lawrence at their freaking awards. Yep. Joy is my number one. Okay. I've seen the trailer. It's about the woman who invented the Joy mops and stuff. Lawrence looks absolutely phenomenal We in the role. We, we know what David O. Russell is going to give us. I mean, come on. We had The Fighter and we had American Hustle and we had Silver Lining's playbook. Three just fucking phenomenal flicks yep. with, with essentially a lot of the same people involved in all of them. We know what we're getting from Jennifer Lawrence at this point. Jennifer Lawrence is arguably the modern day, take it for what you will, the modern day Meryl Streep. She's yeah. the one that's just going to be around That That's what she wants to as say. Long as long iconic as
1: in looks and is an actress to boot.
0: Oh, it's phenomenal. Actress and Bradley Cooper, under the guise of, of of David O. Russell's leadership, has has proven that he is more than just a pretty face that does comedy. Do you
1: realize he started? Yeah. Well, really, his claim to fame was he started on fucking Alias. Yeah, that's the show that gave him a, "quote unquote" attention. Yeah, and people hated him on that show. Yeah. who would have thought yeah. that twelve years later? Fourteen right. years later, look at him now.
0: Yeah. Um, so for me, joy is yeah. is just I can't wait for joy. Just because I want to see what these people do again. When's
1: that one dropping?
0: Ah, uh, well, see it's it December, around December, yeah, but. sometime in December. Um, but it, you know, the trailer. I saw the trailer, and it, it looks. This looks like it could be Lawrence's ticket to at least another nomination, because so, you know, freaking Meryl's is going to get there with her suffragette. No. And you know it may be warranted. I don't know, but um, I know into
1: the woods was not.
0: No, nor will Ricky and the Flash be that mm. one. But she might have done Ricky and the Flash because she knew Suffragette was coming down the down the pike. But anyway, those are our top five under the radar flicks that uh, we're looking forward to in the last two months of the year, three months of the year. Cool. So we'll come back with our review of *The Martian*. I guarantee you that at some point, everything's going to go south on you.
1: Ready?
0: You're going to say, "This is it." Ready? This is how I end. Commander, Mark is dead. Have to go man. now you can either accept that <gasps> or you can get to work this will come as quite a shock to my crewmates and to NASA and to the entire world but I'm still alive surprise <laughs> Here's the rub. It's gonna be four years for another mission to reach me. And I'm gonna have design the last 31 days. So I gotta make water and grow food on a planet where nothing grows. But if I can't figure out a way to make contact with NASA, none of this matters anyway.
1: I've got an incoming message. My god. <laughs> Mount Mortley is still alive. Woo! In your face, Neil Armstrong. There
0: must be some kind of way out of
1: here. Okay, so let's do the math. I have enough food to last for
0: 50 days. He's going to starve to death long before we can help. So, I'm gonna have to science the shit out of this. He's 50 million miles away from home. He's totally
1: alone. What the hell is he thinking right now? I am the greatest botanist on this planet. I know how to save Mark Watney.
0: But we need the Hermes crew.
1: We either have a high chance of killing one or a low chance of killing six. I'm not risking their lives. It's bigger than one person. No, I' not.
0: NASA rejected the mission.
1: So, if we do this? We're talking
0: about
1: mutiny. If anything goes wrong, we die. Do you realize how crazy this is? We have no other option. No matter what happens... Tell the world, tell my family, that I never stop fighting to make it home.
0: So I think I mentioned that this is like the first film I've seen in a theater in about six
1: weeks. I can't say well, the same thing. Just Even though, admittedly, like, one of the two I saw has been out for like 13 weeks.
0: Well, right.
1: In and I saw
0: that three times.
1: See, Trainwreck, it's a fantastic movie.
0: Trainwreck is awesome.
1: Amy Schumer is fucking gorgeous. Hot. Hilarious. Yeah.
0: And so is Brie, uh, Brie Larson. Yeah. But... Um, We finally, we we caught up with, it's that time of year, we went and saw The Martian. We did. Today, with Matt Damon. I've never really had a problem with Matt Damon. I I think he's a good actor and stuff. So, that said, now this seems to be, uh, uh, we didn't, we just saw this in regular 2D, uh, a regular 2D theater. I, I suspect this might have been... A little more impressive on a in a 3D IMAX thing. I don't know if it even it is 3D IMAX. I assume it is. I, it's got to
1: be for the Mars shots. But yeah, I think even those would just it's a, start becoming just part of it. It's a Ridley
0: Scott joint. Yep. Um, and you know what you usually get with a Ridley Scott sci-fi flick. What was your impression of The Martian?
1: I thought it was a. Beautiful film, probably slightly longer than it needed to be. About what, 220? Yeah, it, it it probably could have been done in two hours. Not having any background with the source material, I do know it was a book. It was a book. I that read was that. in turned to a Screenplay by Drew Goddard, who we would mentioned earlier. Yeah, who knew? I who had no that idea know? that he wrote the screenplay. Um and Boat I thought the screen in it. was
0: uh, solid.
1: No, very, very. This is a highly entertaining film. Yeah. If you're a sci-fi fan, it, it will certainly hold your interest. Yeah. Um, I'd go so far as to say if you're just a, a fan of that kind of movie that I just reference, where it's a person against the world, this will hold your interest. It, I, as we walked out, there was an old person who said, well, I liked it, but it was Castaway on Mars. Okay, that's, that's the perfect—that's the whole idea. Yeah, <laughs> but that's
0: the perfect analogy. That's the analogy I would use. It's yeah, it's Castaway cast away away on Mars. Space.
1: Right. The difference is on Mars, we don't know how you could survive. On right. on an island, you have water, you have food. On Mars, we don't have any of these things. So, how would you survive? This movie did it because fucking a science. Early on, I found myself thinking this is the most hopeless thing ever. Yeah. And it it brought back memories of... uh, I just lost my fucking mind. Sandra... Gravity. Oh, gravity. Um, Where you're going, this is just fucking hopeless. But because of science, which at least they kept referencing, survival happens. And it continues to happen. And it... I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and I could easily recommend it to anybody it, it's just a great great watch
0: yeah for me it's the same in in the regard that it's it's very entertaining um, it was two hours and 20 minutes and it didn't it didn't quite feel that long to no. me uh, it moves along at a pretty good pace <clears throat> for me though it, it was I never felt I never felt the stakes whereas no. I do did with gravity and I did with a movie like say Argo where I know how this is going to end and even though I knew that there were there were a lot of white knuckle moments in it mm-hmm. where you're sitting there to yourself going oh my god in your heartbeat races and 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 you're wondering, oh, my God, is this is what's going to happen, even though you knew it was going to happen. Here, you never really, I never really got the sense that this was going to end poorly. So it's difficult for me. To, I never had that white knuckle moment. Even in the, in, the, in the scenes that were intended to be tense and that I never for a second thought
1: that it wasn't going to work out. No, no, no! You know it wasn't going to be. He proved early you can survive anything with duct tape and plastic.
0: Well, you know, and some of that stuff, and and I guess it may
1: be accurate. I guess
0: I I need Neil deGrasse Tyson to tell me whether or not this stuff is going to is is legitimately could happen. But you know, there's a lot of the stuff where it feels like, yeah, this guy is not going to survive this. But he made it seem so easy to survive mm-hmm. this, really, if you, if, you're, if you just know what you're doing up there. And it, it was difficult for me to wrap my head around that this guy could actually pull off some of the stuff he did. Um, you know, especially in the climactic moments where, you know... I
1: found the Iron Man moment to be ludicrous.
0: A little bit. A little bit, but again, I'm not. It's entertaining, but I'm never feeling like this is a feasible. And I never, for a second, got caught up in the drama of the moment because I knew how it was. I I just knew nothing was
1: gonna. Let alone, let's take all the shit off the Mad Five, which I know we're jumping way ahead. I don't get how he
0: can like. He's riding like it's a limo and he's up up in the, <laughs> you're, you're
1: blasting through space. <laughs> I just With no nose, no windows, no. no, no ceiling of it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And you're just holding on at however many thousands of miles a minute. Right. Um, yeah, that was ridiculous. And the other thing that I, that was, struck me was this whole movie began. With a superstorm on Mars mm-hmm. no, that could have knocked over the Mav 3, 4. Yeah, whatever. Multiple scenes with these in the rover. There are twisters in the background uh, yep. tearing shit up. Yep. But he travels X thousand kilometers to a Mav 4 yep. that's been dropped there and not touched. In any way, shape, or form, he knows it's pristine for his flight home. Right. Weather conditions haven't affected this thing at all, except for the fact that he had to scrape the dust off the control panel to open the bottom of the thing. Right. It it felt like it forgot the premise the whole movie was based on.
0: Yeah, like I said, for me, it it was it was entertaining, but it, it just felt there was a lot of it just felt fake in that they were. It was like a lot of Armageddon moments yep. where they're just trying to tug at your heart and hey, let's band together and, and solve this problem and rescue this guy and and such, such. But even Armageddon, at least Armageddon killed somebody. You know, you know there was a, there was that heroic moment. This one here just sort of was was anticlimactic because a you feel like this is gonna it's gonna turn out good all from the beginning. And then when it does, it's kind of like, okay, well, that was entertaining. You know, Gravity, at least you know, maybe it was buoyed by the crescendo of the music and the, and, the, and the drama. Of it Had down.
1: Gravity ended with her dying, I could have lived with it. Maybe because sure. with everything else, I would have said, you know what? She went down trying to survive. And I could have been perfectly happy with that ending. Yeah. Here, at no point did you feel that there was any real possibility he would die.
0: That he would die or that anybody would die trying to save him.
1: Right. I think one of the problems this movie had was at any given moment, he had the science figured out to deal with whatever arose. Yeah. And that frustrated me. And and you already alluded to the fact that in the end when he's in the little freaking pod flipping through space but you can't make me believe for a second if you're blasting off that you can strap plastic wrap over the top yep. of your rocket and i recognize that the Mar- that martian atmos- atmosphere is not the same as earth sure but when you're making that kind of speed this shit's going to burn up yep. what will that do right it, you you can't for a second just eliminate what atmosphere does to anything and this movie kind of did well, you know, they have light atmosphere, so it won't be a problem. Yeah, it would. And at many times, this movie just presupposed the fact that you'll accept their science for what it is yes. and call it good.
0: Yes. Uh, no, I, I I absolutely agree with that. Um, I look at some of the characters. And I'll, I think what, what really helps this movie be as entertaining as it is, is that Matt Damon sells this thing. He was likable as hell. I, I, if Sandra Bullock, and I think she was, was Sandra Bullock nominated for Gravity? Yes. Then there's no reason why Matt Damon shouldn't be nominated for Certainly. this. Certainly. I don't know if he will, but Matt Damon is, and I've always thought Matt Damon's a good actor. Mm-hmm. I, I have no problem with it, but Matt Damon is, Matt Damon saves this film through his charisma, his personality and stuff. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure a guy stuck on Mars for a year and a half is as
1: stable as he is towards the end of this. Um, Even though he started losing his mind, but it took a long time.
0: But did he really lose his mind? No, actually, he
1: just started getting thin. The emotions and sort of started growing a up beard. It. Yeah, and that was only all of a sudden. It fast-forwarded like eight months later, because yeah. they wanted to move the. Uh, what the hell was the name of the ship, though? Yeah, the, the Hab or whatever. They, yeah, had, okay. to, they had to move... For, yeah, for the where, one that, they, that the his crew was on right. was brought back. Right. Um, oh, they the one, said eight months later, boom.
0: The Hermes.
1: The Hermes, thank you. The, the, they they said eight months later, the Hermes is now suddenly, in... You can see Mars getting close. And then they fast forward to the fact that suddenly the fact that all he's doing is living on a potato... And a third of a slice of bread-ish. I struck, that struck me as sort of a protein type thing. And, and maybe it was. It probably would be because you'd think bread was mold at that point. Right, right. I think it
0: was some sort of protein bar thing or
1: something. we had grown skinny, scrawny. Now, I am curious how they pulled that off. I want to see if they used some other body to do that or if that was... Damon, who lost a boltload of weight for that, I'm, part. Sus- I'm
0: suspecting there was a body double there. You
1: gotta believe it was because yeah. that be, he got tiny, yeah. but that was really the only time that they showed the stark reality of it all.
0: Right. Yeah. That, for me, a lot of it was just it never. I never felt the danger that you would expect would actually be the reality of a person in that situation. Again, it just falls back to that I never felt like, like, Damon wasn't going to get out of this.
1: This movie had no moment, like, in Castaway when he's, they show him looking at the rope he had hung at some point yep. to hang himself, knowing yeah. that he had no way out. Right. So he'd rather just kill himself and call it good instead of... And, dying without food, and he food. never
0: he never had that moment. He yep. never had that moment where like I'm gonna, just going to give up. Yep. Yeah, towards the end there, he's like when he thinks that the trajectory is not going to connect with the Hermes and, and him, that he's like, don't you dare come out! And I'm just going to go. I'll do my Iron I'm Man gonna moment. Cut, and I'm going to cut more. the suit and stuff yep. like that. And and I just uh, it just never it never feels authentic in that regard. I never felt the stakes. That's the problem I had with this. I never felt like... This
1: feels like a good science fiction story. Yep. That when it plays out on the big screen, the two-hour block, good movie, but you Mm. don't get the same effect as if you'd write a 50-page short story. Uh, For me, like I said,
0: entertaining, but entertaining in the same way Armageddon was entertaining. A better movie than Armageddon, sure. oh, certainly,
1: and better acted, better, and better acted, far so. better delivery, but it's, right. it's, it's still it's a just a sci-fi. Thing.
0: And and the old guy that we walked out so for me, that's yeah, that's a perfect analogy. This is Castaway in space,
1: for me. No, it, it. But to me, Castaway felt heavier because again, in Castaway, if it had ended with him never getting out or trying to get out and dying. I could have lived with it. At no point did I think this was ever going to happen in this movie. And,
0: and maybe that's a failing on the filmmakers here in that, you know, you, you don't really, I don't know, maybe in Castaway, you know what Tom Hanks left behind. You knew what Tom Hanks was before he got stuck out on this island. What do we know about Matt Damon's character outside of this thing? We know he has parents. Right. Tell we know parents, his parents. He's them. a botanist. That's yeah, it. That's it. So, you know, it's not like there's video of him talking to his little kid or his wife or his pregnant wife or whatever. There's, you know, what what is it about Matt Damon's character that we should give a shit whether he lives or dies? And I didn't feel that. I thought they spent more time actually connecting... The, the the side characters the, the Kurt, with, with what through. they're yep. giving up.
1: And, and maybe Matt, did, Matt Damon didn't
0: have any. Maybe he didn't.
1: But, but maybe that would have helped right. us give a little bit more of a shit about whether he lived that it, Even if it had been a five minute scene where he's like, you know what? I have no wife. have no kids. I spent all my time on trying to get on this mission. Yeah. I need to get back to Earth so I can actually get those pieces of humanity. Right. I've done my bit out in space. Now right. it's time to get home Yeah, and be and, human.
0: And they never address any of that. Um, you know, some of the ancillary characters, they they were fine. fine. I mean, uh, Jessica Chastain's fine. Michael Pena's fine. They're they're all good.
1: Yeah. It, but they didn't get much to, to work they're, with here. No,
0: they didn't, they didn't get much
1: to work with. In fact, with. I laughed when I realized they, it was Pena. I'm like, Michael Pena's in everything.
0: I mean, they they start to broach the subject of being, I mean, basically he gets, you can't blame the crew for leaving because there's no reason in hell for them to believe he's not dead. Right. And then they start to broach the subject when they finally, and and quite frankly, I agree with the decision not to tell the crew. Oh,
1: absolutely. Because that
0: serves no purpose, but they tried to make it like a thing like, Oh my god, why wouldn't you tell the crew that he's actually alive? But what the
1: hell did they, they do? They still had their own struggles getting back.
0: Absolutely. And they started to broach the subject with Jessica Chastain, who was like the mission leader, the mission commander, with her her feeling guilty for having left the guy, but then they just dropped it. Right. They never really they never really give her a moment to showcase how that really affects her. And it's all just sort of surface level. They don't really dig deep into the dramatic elements of this. And that, that was unfortunate
1: to me. Now, and, and maybe that's what the, the best way to put it. This movie stays very surface level throughout. It, it, it loves to show you the landscape of Mars. And there are countless shots of how barren this planet is. But at no point do they get beneath the surface of what it is, right. and, and they don't do that with any person either.
0: And can I just say I like Donald Glover as an actor, and nothing of this, nothing here, is his fault. But why in every sci-fi movie like this do they have to throw the cliche of young, disheveled, brilliant mind kid that you know
1: wakes up you under? Mean? He, the fact that his room was just a yeah. fun, his, his office was a nightmare. He's got his he's his, just, white, his whiteboard with yeah. scribbles all over, but his room looks like a freaking mess. he looks like he a goes college out, door. Pour cold coffee into his cup, mixes it, and goes running off. Next shot, really? That needs the guy.
0: He's the guy out of all these brilliant minds at NASA and all this kind of mm. stuff that comes up. Hey, why don't we just? Why don't we just? Zoom around the Earth really fast and go towards Mars. Did you
1: find yourself at any point saying early on, why aren't they using the Hermes crew to go fucking back? Well,
0: it (laughs) it occurred to me to wonder. Now, I don't know enough about...
1: They're close. Just to turn it 180 degrees and go back. Maybe if you did this a month ago, you could have gotten the guy.
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't know enough about aerodynamics and the science program not either Let the but, space program <laughs> to know if that would work but yes it did cross my mind like well, couldn't we just go back and
1: get them right you're talking 863 sols. Yeah, all right. right so you're talking 863 <laughs> days right the Herbie's crew is two months out yeah now can you not find a way well I, I you know <laughs> what? I think part of the thing was
0: that that I I and uh, to be fair, I think part of the f- was that they didn't have the rations to pull it off. They didn't have the rations. You the have
1: a way to get him into orbit to them, right. and I get that.
0: And, and they didn't have the fuel and stuff like that. So there, there's a little bit
1: more to that. But still, I kept feeling like this. This is the same slingshot theory that they Armageddon. used. <laughs> Armageddon. In Armageddon. Star Trek IV. This is not some brilliant theory. I've seen it. We saved the earth with two sperm whales with this. Right.
0: I mean, you know, Jeff Daniels is fine, but he's the cliche
1: director
0: kind of guy. You know, yay Sean Bean didn't die in a movie.
1: Yo, no, but he the, still got booted from his role. Yeah, yeah, Kristen when Wig though needs oh, to wear dude, high heels more often. I like me some Kristen. Kristen Wig in those heels, goddamn dude.
0: Yeah, I like me some Kristen.
1: Even though in this she wasn't overly likable, she was just oh, she Daniel's just little sidekick.
0: Yeah, she was just there. Uh, so a lot of cliche characters. Damon. It was funnier than I thought it would be. Yeah, no. Damon added had, had a good comic flair. Yep. It was pretty funny. I like you know the, the the ongoing riff on the, the, the disco music stuff was pretty funny. Um, oh, this I, has
1: to be the cheapest soundtrack ever because nothing from anything less than forty years old.
0: Right, right, right. I, you know, I, again, I'm not I'm not fully sold on the fact that Damon has that level of mental faculty left in him after that amount oh, no. of time. I know. But if whatever, I was the most we're, we're,
1: brilliant person on the planet? You tell me you've left me on Mars. Yeah, I'm gonna, losing my shit and probably killing myself. But we're
0: going to have to to deal with that uh, to deal with that anyway. But yeah, for me, I, I'm going to land at about a three and a half out of five here, mostly because, like I said, it just it just doesn't. It doesn't ramp up the stakes for me to give it anything more than that. It was very just. It was popcorny. Yep. A good, decent popcorny sci-fi flick with, with little to no stakes involved because you never feel like that he's really going to not make it.
1: No, and and that's the exact number I'd lay on three and a half out of five. I think people giving it like nine out of ten greatest sci-fi movie. Yeah, uh, all right, back down. This is a fun movie. It's sure. an enjoyable movie, and you won't wish that you hadn't spent the eight bucks. It's oh, absolutely. It's certainly worthy of reviewing. It's a beautiful film. Yeah. But don't start poking holes in it, because you're going to get frustrated. There are so, so, so many. Um, three and a half out of five. Thoroughly enjoyable. Very watchable. I like Ridley Scott. Yeah. It will not bore you. This film no, only is no. one or two lulls. And, oh, you and I started discussing there was a lull, a total pointless arc they went on where he starts thinking about trying to survive until the next crew gets there four years later. And then that just goes away, and it's all about, all right. Now, granted, it's because then he makes communication to the Earth and finds out they're finding other ways to get him. But if that's the case, they didn't need to spend the ten minutes on the arc where he... Takes the rover out, tries to turn the heat off, and almost freezes to death. He makes comment his balls are freezing. Right. Oh, and by the way, did they ever explain how this plutonium thing he sticks inside the rover works to give him heat? Short of giving him radiation poisoning,
0: uh, uh, that didn't bother me though. It didn't. Th- uh, the fact that he just wrapped this
1: plutonium okay, thing up in I'm plastic, be,
0: whatever. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, like I said, there, there's there's points in this film that the, where the logic just seems a little out there that you just have to roll with. That,
1: that pissed that, 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 that one got me bad. That one didn't bother me. So. But anyway, three and a half out of five. It's Absolutely. watchable. You won't hate the film. You won't even feel like you wasted your movie. It's no, a popcorn not, film. Not at all. Um, it's a popcorn film that wants to be a thinker, but isn't truly. No, it's
0: not a thinker. Not a thinker. Just fun popcorn. So in a couple weeks, what do we have in a couple weeks? I don't remember. You laid it all out. Yeah, it was a horror one. We were gonna see something horror. All
1: right, what's something horror in two weeks?
0: Um, Oh, it was gonna be like a horror relevant podcast. Yeah, but
1: there was yeah there was a but there was like an actual movie
0: we were gonna see, and it wasn't Paranormal Activity. There was no. Something before that, but I don't remember what it was. But we'll, we'll be figure it out. So we'll be back in two weeks. Two weeks, and we'll talk a little horror for Halloween and stuff. So, all right, late, late.